48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, the SAR's railway system remains suspended after being attacked by anti-government protesters. The Secretary for Security urges the public to stop condoning violent protest and the Justice Secretary dismisses suggestions that the new law undermines freedom of expression. The MTR Corporation says it will review a decision to suspend all of its services later in the day. The railway company suspended operations, including the Airport Express, Light Rail and MTR bus services yesterday after violent protests in response to the government's announcement of a ban on protesters wearing masks. Sean Kennedy has more. Violence flared yesterday after the government said it was invoking emergency laws and announced a ban on face masks during all demonstrations, authorised or not. Protests erupted around the city with the MTR becoming a frequent target. On the East Rail line, an idle train was set on fire at Sha Tin Station and two MTR staff were assaulted at Shang Shui Station. In a statement, the MTR's chief executive, Jacob Cam, said it was a difficult decision to stop all services, but there was no alternative if the company was to provide a safe and reliable service to customers. It did not give any details about when it might review the decision to suspend services. And a short time ago, the company said that they are still evaluating the situation. Pro-democracy lawmaker Lokin Hay says the face mask ban hasn't helped matters, saying the MTR shutdown is an example of this. We actually think the face mask banning, uh, the anti-mask law, is actually not helping the situation at all. And as you can see tonight, after the announcement, everywhere in Hong Kong actually broke out in serious clashes. And the railway system of Hong Kong now is totally shut down, which has never been happened before. The Hong Kong Jockey Club says all betting branches outside racecourses will be closed for business today. It says operator services for telephone betting and customer care hotlines will be suspended from 5pm. And the Mark 6 draw, originally scheduled for tonight, will be postponed until next Tuesday. All accepted bets remain valid. The Secretary for Security has rejected claims that the government's anti-mask law has added fuel to the flames. The announcement by the Carrie Lam administration yesterday of the ban on masks triggered widespread protests and violent clashes across the city. Speaking on two radio programmes, John Lee said nobody has been arrested over the new anti-mask law and dismissed accusations that it was making things worse. What is adding oil to violence is people's support to this act or people's acquiesce, finding reasons for this violence to continue. So what is important is that everybody comes out to say, no, society will not accept violence. Violence is not a solution. Whether you're asking for is right or wrong, that is not the method. Society will not allow it. And that is what we should all do. And by not saying these things, people adding oil to this violence. He added that police are already displaying identification numbers which hold them accountable for their actions. But he said police needed protective gear for protests in an apparent reference to their masks and helmets. And Mr Lee defended the plainclothes officer who fired a live round in Yunlong last night, saying the officer did it in self-defence. The Secretary for Justice has sidestepped questions on whether the government plans to introduce martial law if the anti-government protests continue, but stressed that the government would look at every usable legal option at its disposal. Theresa Cheng also said she doesn't see how the new law will undermine freedom of expression, including for people working for mainland companies or airlines who may want to cover their face even when joining authorised protests to avoid repercussions from their employer. 
in the past, people have been participating in these protests, demonstrations, meetings, which are peaceful and in accordance with the law. In other words, they have been notified to the police where such is necessary. These have not caused any problem. So we really fail to see why there is um, this concern, bearing in mind that we not only have the laws that respect their rights and freedom, we also have laws that will regulate employment regulations and so on and so forth. Theresa Cheng also rejected suggestions that the government had bypassed the Legislative Council with its introduction of the anti-mask law, saying the law would be tabled in LegCo when meetings resume later this month. BBC has reported that Beijing may be trying to influence the online encyclopedia Wikipedia. It cited documents written by a Chinese government official calling for the creation of Wikipedia opinion leaders to correct what they called prejudiced words against Beijing. This follows evidence of China's state propaganda campaigns on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The heads of three U.S. congressional committees have sent a subpoena or legal order to the White House demanding documents for their impeachment investigation of President Trump. Mr. Trump is accused of pushing Ukraine to produce information that could damage his rival, Joe Biden's presidential run. He denies any wrongdoing. Chris Buckler has been looking at a letter sent by the committee chairs with the legal order. In this letter, they say that they believe the White House has refused to engage with or even respond to multiple requests for documents from their committees on a voluntary basis. After nearly a month of stonewalling, it appears clear, and this is their words, that the president has chosen the path of defiance, obstruction and cover-up. Very strong words, but it also gives you a sense that they are determined to get these documents and push ahead with these impeachment inquiries. The Congressional committees are demanding records that refer to any potential suspension of security assistance to Ukraine and a full transcript of a phone call between Mr Trump and his Ukrainian counterpart. President Trump has suspended entry into the US for people who cannot pay for their health care costs. The proclamation issued by the White House said the block on entry would not affect any individual's eligibility for asylum or refugee status. Explaining the move, Mr Trump said the US health care system was under strain from people whose treatment was not covered by health insurance. Doctors in the United States have confirmed that the senator and left-wing presidential contender Bernie Sanders had a heart attack on Tuesday. Mr Sanders was released from hospital in Las Vegas on Friday and issued a statement saying he was feeling great. Mr Sanders is one of the front-runners for the Democratic nomination. The digital payments company PayPal says it has pulled out of the Libra Association, an alliance led by Facebook, which is trying to introduce a digital currency. The cryptocurrency project has drawn opposition from some countries and central banks, with France and Germany saying they would block Libra from operating in Europe. The BBC's Dave Lee has more. When Facebook announced plans to launch its cryptocurrency Libra, it said it would set up an independent association that the social networking giant would be a part of, but would not control. Among the 28 firms announced as founding members of that association was PayPal. According to a report in the Financial Times, PayPal felt Facebook had not done enough to alleviate concerns from regulators about the security of Libra. PayPal said it hadn't ruled out working on Libra in the future. To sports now, and it's time for a look ahead to the weekend's English Premier League action with the BBC's John Bennett. Liverpool's 100% winning record in the Premier League this season will be put to the test when one of their former managers returns to Anfield. 
Brendan Rodgers came extremely close to leading Liverpool to the title in 2014, but he was sacked in October 2015. After a hugely successful spell as Celtic boss, he's now winning plaudits for the work he's doing as Leicester City manager. They're in third place going into the game against Liverpool, who have won all seven of their opening matches of the season. Second placed Manchester City also have a home game. They welcome Wolverhampton Wanderers to the Etihad Stadium, looking for a third Premier League win in a row. Meanwhile, Arsenal in fourth take on Bournemouth at the Emirates Stadium. At the bottom of the table, Watford's search for a first win of the season continues when Sheffield United visit Vicarage Road. They've lost five of their seven matches. After losing their last three Premier League matches, under pressure Everton travel to Burnley and two underperforming teams meet at St James's Park. Newcastle hoping to recover from a 5-0 defeat to Leicester. Manchester United aiming for only their third win of the season. BBC's John Bennett there. And that's the news from RTHK. edition of World Vibes with myself, Kat Tremblay, with you till 3pm. This week we have not a few different musical themes on offer. First, our featured album from award-winning Franco-Ontarian folk singer-songwriter Louis Venn. And in between those tracks, a selection of hot new tracks from the Paris charts specifically, followed by hot new tracks from other places on the planet. And as always, Giovanni says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And we start off uh, in this first hour with our first few tracks off our featured album, as well as hot new tracks from the Paris charts specifically, which is where we get our first track from with uh, Fille à Papa. That's her stage name. Papa's Little Girl, as that would translate. She's just released her new EP, uh, and we're going to play the title track of the EP, which otherwise has two tracks. For the moment, I only know her stage name, Fia Papa, Papa's Girl. Uh, I don't yet know what her original name is. She hasn't released it yet, except that she's from the north of France, from Caen specifically. She's been inspired by chansons à texte, uh, mostly from uh, Georges Brassens, Jacques Brel, Edith Piaf. Uh, and uh, she sings in a half-spoken, half murmured soft voice style that uh, she's made very specifically her own, uh, indicating that uh, she also has influences from other performers such as Feu uh, Chatterton, Fatima Al-Kadiri, Odzen, etc. She is inspired in her text by books, poetry, films, 
artworks. Uh, just to give you an idea, the other title on her EP is called Meduse, Medusa. So let's have a listen to Fille à Papa and this track, La Californie. Yes, California. <laughs> Les cactus dans les nuages, je suis encore 